I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Ineash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode number 72. We are recording on December 20th, which is a Tuesday. We normally record on Mondays, but we were all busy yesterday. Um, we are going to start off uh, this week. I'm so sorry to our listeners. We do not have a David was wrong, <laughs> but it is okay because we have an Eniash was wrong. Yes. I didn't want us to break a streak. So uh, last episode, I intentionally said a wrong thing. So, uh, <laughs> so I made sure that that doesn't no, keep going. No, that was very no, considerate no. of you. Let, Eniash. Let's move on. It doesn't count if it's intentional. It was not actually intentional. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So right, what were you wrong about? I called ChatGPT <laughs> retarded because it had an IQ that was uh, 83, which is more than one standard deviation below average. Turns out that the technical definition of retarded is two standard deviations below, uh, which it did not meet. Uh, it was actually not even one and a half below uh, average because average, as we all know, is 100 and the standard deviation uh, is 15. So uh, yeah, ChatGPT was not retarded and I apologize for ever implying otherwise. Um, I forgive you. I'm sure our listeners yeah. do, too. Yay, thanks, listeners. Also, speaking of our listeners, I'd like to uh, apologize to them uh, quickly. I am currently recording this from a uh, lovely place in the glorious and free People's Republic of California. So oh. if I am not going quite as hard on the California hate as I usually do, it's <laughs> only because I'm worried the secret police are listening. So, David, I was in California literally six hours ago. That's the reason I'm late, because of the flight. What What are you doing in California? I am visiting my sisters in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Okay. We so, are nowhere near the same place. Yes. And Inyash, uh, you were there for the uh, rationalist solstice, right? I was, yes. Now I attend yeah. the New York solstice. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, okay. I'm, but I heard I heard the uh, San Francisco one was was done quite well. It was, and maybe next year I'll go to the New York one. Yeah, New York's good. Cool. Uh, all right, on to the new news. Um, David has put something at the top of our outline here where he's complaining about government spending. Yeah. Um, so David, uh, take it away. Yeah. So the. Uh... Government decided not to shut down and instead to pass a 1.7, oh, that's the wrong letter in front of Ilian. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering why you were getting all upset about 1.5 billion. I was yes. like, that's like a rounding error. What's, what's the big deal? Yes, uh, the government decided they wanted to uh, pass a budget for 1.7 trillion with a T dollars. Uh, for in a giant bill that no one knows what's in it because if they made it comprehensible, then people would complain about it and then they wouldn't be able to pass it. I love how our government works. It's so functional, guys. It has no problems at all. I hear yeah. that the Marijuana Banking Act is in this one for some reason. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's its own stupid thing. Uh, someone was complaining that there wasn't enough social justice in the original version of the Marijuana Banking Act, so they tried another Marijuana Banking Act with more social justice, but it didn't work because it had a bunch of social justice stuff in it, 
And so now they're passing one of them. I'm not sure which in the Cromnibus. Got it. I mean, that's probably good, right? I mean, it's good that they're finally passing a banking thing. Yeah, that's and t- to be clear, that's the one that says um, banks, you know, they can't be punished for providing services to marijuana businesses, right? Yeah, that's good. I mean, it just—it really does. Like, it's a good bill, so we shouldn't complain about it. But it really highlights the like stupidity in our system where <laughs> marijuana is like totally legal, and they keep making like like piecemeal things about it less annoying for its illegality <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of just making it legal yeah like, the, how is that hard just just make the damn that? thing legal already yeah you, this is the thing you should be able to get 60 votes for and the thing is i i think you don't even need congress to do it because the scheduling is done by is it the dea i think we looked into this or was previously it the and it was the fda no, I think it was the DEA, because I think we thought it was the FDA, and then we, we found out it was the DEA. But it's not even Congress that does it. So the, uh, Biden could just issue an executive order that says marijuana is legal now, so just do it already. I mean, it wouldn't even need to be an executive order. It could just be, like, an executive, administrative, whatever the heck. Isn't that what executive orders are? Uh, no, executive orders are, like, specifically where, like, the president does a law, I think. Um, I think executive orders are just directives to the rest of the executive branch. There are so many things in the government right now where it's just like, just do it already. Why don't you just do it? That there must be some reason they don't just do it, which kind of, you know, makes you think there's a lot of backroom shenanigans and dealings. And for whatever reason, this is one of those things that does not get through. Yeah, but most of the time there's like an identifiable interest group Mm -hmm. or the things like not actually that popular or like nobody cares enough mm-hmm. the marijuana is a huge business the interest group is for legalization um it's super popular yep. and i can't i can't identify an interest group that's like that wants it to stay illegal maybe cops if it was a secret back room thing you you wouldn't be able to identify it because then it wouldn't be a secret right well but like who benefits I, that's the secret <sighs> i guess <laughs> the lizard people I I imagine this is much more likely just to be status quo bias. Yeah. Uh, also, you were right, Wes. Uh, executive orders are when the president tells the executive branches to do stuff. Yeah. The pre- so I know they do that, like in effect, make laws with them, but they can't actually do that. Do that. That's not. That's not yeah. legal. Uh, which is why a lot of them keep getting overturned. Yeah. I'm convinced there's some really old senator whose mom was killed by a marijuana overdose or something, yeah. and he's dying on this hill in the secret back rooms. That's probably it. He's like, no, we won't let a vote on it. Yeah. It's Chuck Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right, next story. Raphael Warnock has won the congressional seat in Georgia. Um, if you don't remember, Georgia just doesn't do regular elections anymore. Um, they've decided if you don't get over 50% of the vote, you go to a runoff. And since nobody ever gets over 50% of the vote, it's just going to be all runoffs forever. Uh, so they had a runoff and Raphael Warnock beat Herschel Walker. Is this a thing we're happy about or sad about? Oh, I'm happy about it. I mean, the Democrats are already going to have control of the Senate. Uh, you know, notwithstanding Kristen Cinema, who we're covering next. Yeah. Um, but this gives them a little cushion. So if... You know, they only need to get either one of Kristen Cinema or um, uh, Joe Manchin to, to pass stuff. Not that it matters because they lost the House. 
<laughs> so they're not going to be able to pass anything anyway. But mostly this is good because it means Herschel Walker is not going to be in the Senate. Because that would just be embarrassing. Can you remind me why that would be embarrassing? Because Herschel Walker was... Remind me why moron. I should care about these clowns to the left of me <laughs> and jokers to the right. <laughs> David, I have long since given up convincing you that you should care <laughs> about what goes on in our government. Uh, um, the reason you should care is that you are on a politics podcast. <laughs> and I'm sure that is the only reason you do care. Yep. Uh, no, but Herschel Walker was just, he was just a, a, a clown in a man suit. He had like five kids that he didn't like just ran out on. He uh, was like super pro-life and apparently paid for at least one, maybe two girlfriends to get abortions. Nice. Um, he just sounded like a complete moron whenever he was interviewed. That was really kind of him if they couldn't afford it. Yeah, I know. It's the being anti-abortion part that sucks. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, like, wants to make abortion illegal, and he wa- but, like, super illegal. Like, he wants to send women who get abortions to jail for murder. Damn. Well, then, and he's out there paying for abortions. Yeah, I, I think that he should retroactively go too. Then, since he contributed to murder, it, well, we should just pass a law that says just. Um, yeah, I mean that's just Herschel Walker. That's gotta <laughs> be like uh, that's gotta be like criminal conspiracy, right? Yeah, right. Funny story. That's actually unconstitutional. It's called a bill of attainder, and it's specifically disallowed by the Constitution. Yeah. Which part? The making the, something the, illegal afterwards and then? No, that's no. an ex post facto law, also illegal. Okay. But you can't pass a law that says a specific person has to go to jail. Oh, okay. Because uh, that's how I want to say the War of the Roses started. I, See, I knew there had to be something. I'm like, they wouldn't put that in there unless somebody did something. Yeah, yeah no, um, it, it was actually fairly common, I think, for um, uh, monarchs to just be like, that person annoys me, put them in jail. Oh, yeah, that was totally a thing. But I don't think they, they bothered, like, you know, making it a whole law or even bothered to write it down. It was more like, hey, you, soldiers, go grab that guy. You had to get p- to parliaments before you needed laws to go grab that guy. Indeed. But yeah, I'm happy about Warnock um, because, as we've covered extensively, I hate the Democrats less than the Republicans, at least in their current iterations. Yeah. Um, and since the Republicans have the House anyway, I certainly don't want the Republicans to have both. Um, oh, would this have thrown the Senate to the Republicans? No, it would have been 50-50. Oh, but, okay. And this is our next story. Kristen Cinema is no longer a Democrat. Yay! So she's decided to be an independent. She kind of already was. She really kind of already was. This is a solid yay for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't care that much, but, you know, people being less about, like, being on the right color team and being more about policies being good seems like a good thing to me. Yeah, that would seem like a good thing, but Kristen Cinema is not doing that. Um, Kristen Cinema is like the last person I would want as like a, a standard bearer for my team because she is just erratic. Like there doesn't seem to be any reasoning behind some of her decisions. Um, except like probably just nakedly selling out to special interests. Uh, she's pretty terrible. I 
have heard speculation that this is actually exactly why she left the Democratic Party, because if she'd stayed in the Democratic Party, they would have primaried her ass out of there. And uh, now that she's an independent, if they run a Democrat against her, she's popular enough to pull enough votes away from the Democrats that uh, the Republicans would probably take it instead. So she's yeah, 100%. Kind of, yeah, she's kind of betting on the fact that the Democrats just won't run anyone against her so that oh. the Republicans don't get the seat. I mean, maybe she is very stupid. Because that is a a terrible, terrible bet. The Democrats, I mean, they can't stop someone from running. And the guy who is the front runner has already said he's still running. Okay. Um, And if the party, you know, gets him in the back room and convinces him not to run, somebody else is just going to run and get the nomination. The party system has been, like, the party's been weakened enough so they can't just decide not to run anybody. Hmm. Okay. Well, um... Yeah, so all that's going to happen is that she's going to spoil the vote for the Democrat and the Republican's going to win, um, which is presumably what she wants because I can't see any other outcome here. Burn the place down on your way out? Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of it's kind of her style. <laughs> yes. The Yeah. The weirdest part was that she didn't seem to have, like you said, no, no real principles, just going going along with special interests. That, uh, maybe like, like that's it's not it's not like it's not like it's definitely the special interest thing but it's the only thing anyone can really think of that makes any sense hmm. maybe she too had a uh, relative that was murdered by an overdose of i don't know whatever Abortions. yeah there we go <laughs> maybe um but yeah functionally nothing really changes right now she's still caucusing with the democrats so they still have a uh uh functional majority she's one of three independents in the senate now that all caucus with the democrats hmm. who were the other two uh, bernie one is, is the one right yeah it's bernie yeah. um the other one is some dude i ne- like never heard of he's a senator from like montana or maine or something okay i heard bernie was pissed yep was he mm. yep why because <laughs> problem he, because he's an old old man who doesn't like people quitting the team that he's not on he's not on the team (laughs) that's why it's funny maybe it's because he wanted to be the new maverick and uh now it's kristen cinema maybe it's because the team wasn't left enough and she she left because the team was too left so they're on opposite sides okay let's be real here though Hmm. bernard has never been a maverick like Hmm. I don't think being, no, being no. a communist is and has always been the most boring thing for a leftist to be. My favorite thing about Bernie Sanders was something that I saw in the Daily Show back when it was funny. Mm-hmm. Was a clip of him from like the seventies, looking exactly the same as he does now. By the way, <laughs> yes, out on like the streets of Burlington, sitting on a stoop with some kids, talking to him about cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You kids know about cocaine." I, I think I remember seeing a photo, like a black and white photo of him being pulled off of a uh, off of campus by police during some kind of protest. And I think that's uh, that's kind of mavericky if the police are bodily removing you from an area. But is that mavericky if it happened in the 1960s? Yeah, sure. No. That's sort of like this sort of like just going along with the crowd, man. That's what all the cool kids were doing. Yeah, but it was a crowd of mavericks. <laughs> a crowd of mavericks. <laughs> totally, totally. What happened? All right. Next story. You're not one of those I'm a goth to show how nonconformist I am just like all my friends, are you? You know he is. No, I do it because it's a beautiful aesthetic. Okay, good. Uh Also, because the normies suck and I'm not one of them. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
Somebody's just added something to the feedback section of our episode, and I, I'm not sure if they intend this to be covered in this episode or the next one. Either one's fine. Because I don't understand how this is feedback. I, I'm just putting in notes that you will see later when you're editing the episode. Um. Well, okay. Yeah. Um. Inyash has given us some instant feedback. location to do that, but okay. We'll, we'll talk about, I guess this is instant feedback, not from our listeners, which is what normally <laughs> feedback is from, but from Inyash. I needed some place to jot down these notes, and there was nothing in the right, feedback well, section. What, would you like to share it with the listeners? I, I think they'll find out once you name the episode. <sighs> okay. I, I suggested a couple good episode titles. One of them is murdered by an overdose overdose of abortions, and the other one is a crowd of mavericks. <laughs> I'm just going to use that entire thing as the title. Oh, Jesus. Brocky and Bullwinkle style. Oh, yeah, that's a good. good Starting, I assume, with I suggested a couple of episode titles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of this foolishness. Yes. Next story. Is Trump More going foolishness. to jail? The, the January 6th committee has referred Trump to the Justice Department for four federal crimes. Ooh, which four crimes are they? They are obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make a false statement, and inciting, assisting, or aiding an insurrection. Conspiracy to make a false statement <laughs> is like... <laughs> it sounds like the most nothing burger charge you could possibly come up with. Yeah, all conspiracy crimes are like that. Conspiracy is like the fallback when you don't have anything else. Where you're like, oh, well, I mean, you talked about doing it, and you like, cut, you like, you know, you 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 own a car, <laughs> like you, you know, that's like a step in the right in the direction of doing it, right? Oh man, because to be because the elements of conspiracy for for to be a criminal act is you make an agreement with someone to do something illegal, and you take like one concrete step in the process, so you can be like super preliminary. Um, like, you know, you're going to rob a guy and you go buy a baseball bat. And then that's the that's the concrete step and you're guilty of conspiracy. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, like, conspiracy to defraud the U.S. at least, like, sounds kind of bad. Conspiracy yeah. to make a false <laughs> statement. Like, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's not, uh, it, it doesn't apply to all, any false statement. Yes, I think it's I, like conspiracy to commit perjury. Yeah, I know, but the phrasing is funny. Yeah, that is funny. I conspire to make false statements all the time. I'm conspiring to make one right now. This whole podcast is a conspiracy to make false statements. It really is. And we'll get around to a false one one of these days. Yeah, the um, you know incitement of an insurrection, which I think is technically the, the crime is incitement, assisting, or aiding and abetting. Or, or giving aid and comfort to an insurrection, which I refuse to, to call it because that whole aid and comfort thing doesn't need to be in there. Just call it aid. You have to give comfort. What is that even? <laughs> you bring them pillows? Um, but that's like the big boy charge. Um, this is just a criminal referral. It doesn't obligate the Justice Department to do anything. Um, and from what I understand, we covered this last time, the Justice Department has already um, assigned a special prosecutor to this. So I don't think they're going to do anything at all. It's going to be up to the special prosecutor. Does this help the special prosecutor? I mean, this, the the January 6th committee stuff in general, like all that stuff they found will help. Um, I think this is just a s sort of statement from the committee saying, like, we think there are crimes here. Um, you should you should look into that. 
which they're already doing, so this probably doesn't change anything. But I'm genuinely genuinely surprised here. I didn't think they were going to do like an official referral. Yeah. It's pretty pretty big. This just happened like a few hours ago, right? Yeah, I think it was like this morning. So we don't have reactions from the uh, the right wingers yet, do we? Uh, I haven't seen any, and certainly didn't go looking. Okay, I'm sure they're reacting. I hope they're reacting in their pants. Um, yeah, actually, I I can re- we can report on what they're saying. We know what they're saying. It's a witch hunt. Okay, that that makes sense. Um, the loser, low energy Democrats <laughs> are just uh, trying to take out Trump because he's s- so formidable in 2024. Um, and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're probably trying to, to drive down the value of his awesome NFT trading cards. Oh, Maybe God, they should wait things. to arrest him. <laughs> they should wait to arrest him until after 2024 so he can drag down the Republican side of the, uh, elections and then, then bring him to justice. Yeah. Maybe. So it sounds to me like the race for the race for the 2024 presidential nominee our nomination is going to be between Trump, the Justice Department, and Colonel Sanders. Uh, David, did you buy any uh, Trump NFTs? No, I didn't. Well, I guess you're just not that good at investing. Because those yeah. things are going to the moon, baby! <laughs> yeah, no, I was too busy being disappointed that Trump's Vegas hotel doesn't have a casino attached, so I couldn't take any money from the fat fuck. He doesn't have any casinos in Vegas? No. I was disappointed, too. I don't think he has any in Atlantic City, either, because the Taj Mahal closed. Yeah. Also, by take any money from him, don't you mean so he can take money from you? Uh, no, I was counting cards. Or trying to. (laughs) Were you successful? I I frankly didn't do a very good job. Uh, I was there there with Gray. I made some bad plays. He had some bad luck, so we ended up down about 40 bucks. Uh, But it could have been much worse. Oh, I'm glad it didn't end up going to Trump then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Trump, his organization has been found guilty of tax fraud. Ooh. Yeah, it's a felony. Um, And it's kind of the most pathetic felony I've ever heard of. Because the is there's no sentencing yet, but the maximum uh, sentence is $1.6 million in fines. That's it? Right. Like, to an organization like that, that's nothing. They probably paid their lawyers more than that. But what was the tax fraud? They So they gave out a bunch of, like, in-kind benefits to executives instead of money, um, specifically to avoid taxes. But that's, that's not fraud. That's normal operating procedure for every business ever. Well, yes, Eniash. It's also fraud. Huh. Well, they should start enforcing that. I mean, corporations are allowed to do stuff like that. They just have to report it to the IRS. Oh, um, and then pay taxes on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like if their company gives you a, like, buys you a hotel room for a vacation or like buys you a car that's a it's called a fringe benefit you you declare that on your taxes i declare that or the company declares that well both the company like it's like your w-2 like the company reports to the irs what you make and then you have to also report to the irs what you make who ends up paying the tax as you can um, tell i have not individual I, fringe benefits okay yeah i mean tax incidence is weird um it it so who the person who ends up paying a tax like nominally like who actually puts their name on the check uh isn't actually all that related to who ends up paying the tax uh in reality because prices adjust to taxation 
It's called the incidence of taxation if you want to Google it. So the, like, biggest bullshit part of this at all is the prosecutor was so chicken shit, they um, didn't charge Trump personally. Uh, even though they presented, like, all this testimony about how Trump was definitely involved and, like, personally was like, yeah, let's do tax fraud. Hmm. Um, but somehow they didn't charge him. They just charged one of his underlings who pl- actually who ended up pleading guilty. That really sucks. I know. Fucking prosecutors, man. They're like, oh, no, we can't charge Trump. He's uh, above the law is basically what they're saying. Right. It, it kind of makes you wonder, why should I follow the laws then if there's other people that they don't apply to? Well, Eniash, hmm. I don't mean to tell you uh, your ethics, but maybe you shouldn't. <sighs> I hate societies that make laws that people shouldn't follow. Well, I have bad news well, for you, have I got some bad news for you. <laughs> Damn it. Why can't society just not suck? Because David's because not in Because people charge. have vested interests in it sucking. Mm, yeah. Also because right. I'm not in charge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've convinced me. David for president of the world. Yeah. I think you mean dictator. Oh, you know, hang on. I just remembered something important that's not in our outline. Oh no! Um, I'll uh, I'll drop it in below SPF. It's not. Quite Is it that murdered important. by an overdose of abortions? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, let's just talk about it now. Ooh, Prospera is suing Honduras. Yes. That Holy sounds shit for thirty percent of its of GDP. GDP. Ah, because it's poor. Yeah, Prospera is rich. So what what's going on here, David? This is actually super interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so so when last when last I heard about Prospera, Honduras had repealed the law that allowed for it to exist, yes. but it had like ten years to to like wind up and try to get the law changed back. Yeah. Um. Uh, so what's going on now? So as far as I am aware, and by the way, I'm acquaintances with uh, a. With uh, an E-Suite, uh, like, Prospera executive. What, so, what is E-Suite can, we not, can we not make that a thing? <laughs> uh, not make what a thing? Uh, oh, okay. I regret to inform you it's already a thing. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, we should definitely try to have him on as a guest to talk about this, because uh, he definitely knows a lot more about it than I do. But, so, what does E-Suite mean, and who is this person? Uh, uh, like... CEO, CFO, etc. Um, Isn't that C-suite? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Wrong letter. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, we should try to have him on as a guest. If you're not already subscribed to us, do that so you can learn when we have him on as a guest. Um, but basically, pros- uh, Honduras passing this law and trying to get it to retroactively apply to Prospera uh, violates an international uh, trade and investment agreement Ooh. that has exposed Honduras to um, to legal action based in the United States, and so so Prospera is suing Honduras in a United States court. Uh, they're asking for. Um, I can't find the number offhand, but several billion dollars in damages, which amounts to about a third of Honduras's GDP. Um, basically, they are willing to fight it out, but they're hoping Honduras just folds and says uh, they 
you know, don't want to uh, get tied up in this court proceeding, so we're going to let Prospera keep doing Prospera's thing. Uh, that's interesting. Also interesting, I cannot find anything about this on Google. Is this a is this a mind killer exclu- exclusive? Yeah, we might actually literally be breaking this story. Uh, oh the, shit! Breaking the, news. The way the way I learned this was the aforementioned internet friend posting the official Prospera press release announcing the lawsuit, All and right, he did then. it like a few hours ago. That's awesome. All right. Well, sadly, um, I will not be able to edit this tomorrow, so we probably won't get it out until Thursday. Oh, no, it's not breaking news anymore. Oh, but, you know, probably most outlets will ignore it anyway. So you probably are hearing about it for the first time now. They are asking for $10.775 billion in damages. Oh, that's a lot. It's walking around money. Did they say which thing it is that they violated? So there is a press release linked in our show notes. It is the legal stability guarantee to U.S. investors under uh, CAFTA-DR. Oh, CAFTA-DR, my favorite free trade agreement. Yes, the Central yes. American United States Free Trade Agreement. Yep. All right. That's well, awesome. Go, uh, go Prospera. Do we have to disclose like financial things on the podcast like you do if you're NPR? No, we don't have to disclose shit. All right. But, you know, you probably should. Fuck our listeners. Oh, should we? Are are you a Prospera investor? I mean, yes, but, like, the smallest possible amount you could possibly be, so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's it's not, you know, it's not a lot of money. All right. Uh, So, Eniash is a Prospera shill. has a very small conflict of interest, so you should discount (laughs) everything he says a very small amount. Prospera's the best! Woo! All right. Um, You know who's not the best? Is Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> uh, and he has been arrested this week. Thank goodness. Right? Like, I don't understand how people thought he wasn't going to get arrested. I, I, Well, he donated a lot of money to a lot of powerful people, and then the New York Times gave him a blowjob. So that was kind of, kind of, the, looks like he might not get arrested. Mm, yeah, no, I was pretty confident. This is another one of those things that makes me mad that we can't bet money on prediction markets, because the prediction markets had it at like 60% or something. That he would or like, that he wouldn't? You, that he would. Okay. But I was like, are you kidding me? It should be like at least 90%. Aren't there... This guy broke so many laws. Aren't there prediction markets where you can bet money? Not in America. I could have oh. sworn there was one where you can bet up to like $800 or something. Oh, I'm not messing around for $800. Oh, well, okay. That ain't, that ain't money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been arrested in the Bahamas. Um, on the request of the United States, and it will almost certainly be extradited. Um, the indictment is still under seal, but I'm sure it's just a bunch of financial fraud crimes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, fuck that guy. He sucks. Absolutely. And uh, I'm never getting my my meetup funding back, and it's all his fault. God damn it. I know. Oh, They're, that- like, rethinking the whole system now. Ugh, it's horrible. I just, d- wanted, I just wanted free dim sum. And you know the only reason those people hung to- chose to hung out with us is because of the free dim sum. I mean, look, the dim sum helped. I convinced <laughs> several people to come to my meetup because I was like, free dim sum. And they were like, ooh. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. That time where we got free food, I didn't even advertise it. People just showed up and I was like, hey, we got free food this time. They're like, woohoo. Well, see, now now you're not you're, you're, you're not uh, uh, you know, using the system as intended. Well, it was just that one time. Ah, well. I'm bad at using I'm bad at using systems like that. All right. Next entry on my outline says bad news for school emancipation. What's that all about? 
Yes, that is from me. Uh, the Kentucky Supreme Court did a, well, what I think is a fair thing, but still a bad thing. Um, <laughs> so the Kentucky passed an education opportunity. in courts, right? Yeah. An education you got to be like, ah, oh, I hate this decision, but it's the right decision. I, this, I mean, the courts don't even seem to do that very often, but I, I have to admit that I think it was the right decision. All right, so what did they decide? They decided, okay, so Kentucky passed a law in last year, I believe, uh, Education Opportunity Account Program, which would uh, give, it, it was an independent program, which if people needed money to educate their kids, uh, they could take money from this program. It was like a grant program, right? And it was, so actually what it was, mm-hmm. was a tax credit program. Well, I was about to get to that part because this is how we do things in america so so uh, the uh kentucky has in its constitution they're not allowed to use public money for private education i was going to get to that part too well yeah but you're telling it in a really confusing way (laughs) was i I telling it backwards you were telling it wrong it's not a grant program no but they the parent for the parents on the parent side it's basically a grant program they apply they get money no they don't get the tax credit it's the people who put money into it that get the tax credit is that wait? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're right. It is a grant program. You were telling it right, <laughs> and I Thank interrupted you because I was like, "You, you dumbass! That's not what's happening." Well, but you were right, and I was wrong. Yay! I was right one time. All right. So continue then. Okay. It, it's a fund for parents to get money to educate their kids uh, if they want to do things like homeschool them or send them to a private school. I think you can even use it to supplement regular public education. Uh, but right. So imagine for a minute that I hate school and don't want to send my child there. Yeah. I know. Difficult to do. <laughs> um, so I could apply. If I lived in Kentucky, I could apply to this program. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, okay, here's some money to educate your child. Exactly. And okay. Where's that money come from? The, here's, uh, here's the thing. That money comes from private donors who pay into this fund, which seems like a really great thing, right? Like rich people who are also against school because they realize how awful it is give money to poorer people to save them from the horrific horrors of school. All right. Sounds good so far. But uh, there, the law that the Kentucky State Legislature passed uh, said that for every dollar that is donated to this fund by the rich person, they can reduce their taxes that they give to the state of Kentucky by up to 95 cents. So not like full one for one, but like 95% reimbursement. That's pretty good. Uh, so It's pretty good. Yeah, basically, you're taking money away from the taxes you're giving to the state and giving it to these people to educate their kids instead, which, in my opinion, great thing. I, I, I like that thing. Uh, but there is a, um, in the Kentucky Constitution, a clause that says you can't take money from the public, uh, from the public coffers to educate people without it going through the legislature. Um, without it going through to a vote to the people. A vote to the people. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And that's why like, this program was structured this way. Because, you know, Arizona just has the law that says, hey, we'll give you your, uh, we'll do backpack funding. Yeah. Well, you each get $7,000. You can either spend it on public school or whatever school you want. Yeah. Um, and that's I think that's what – it's pretty clear that's what Kentucky wanted to do. But mm-hmm. There's a constitutional provision that says you can't do that. So they did this convoluted scheme where they get uh, – you know, they reimburse most of it, but there's a little bit that they don't. And they're like, well, they're like, see, we're not, we're not paying for, for private education. Right. It's just a tax credit, just so like we- lots of other tax credits we give out. Yeah, so we don't have to make, put it to a popular vote. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Kentucky Supreme Court said, no, that, that's bullshit. No schemes yeah. here, man. Right. And I think they're completely right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It is bullshit. Um, I mean, they should just change the Constitution or just or put it to a vote of the people. Yes. 
and the people should vote it in. Like, they never should have put that in their constitution in the first place, idiots. <laughs> well, people put a lot of stupid things in their constitutions. Yeah. Uh, I love I love that the Constitution thing, too, is not, like, a right to, you know, uh, public education or anything. It's just, like, no money for private education. Yeah. So that, that really sucks because it, it did help save some people from public schooling. And um, that is a thing I'm in favor of. But they got the stupid Constitution thing. So I guess sucks to be Kentucky. Sucks to be Kentucky. I mean, in practice, they were probably sending all these kids to religious schools, which yeah, aren't. Aren't really much better no yeah so who knows what the actual practical effects w- would be yeah but i'm still you know i still think people should be able to if we're gonna fund schooling we should let people decide which school they want to go to yes give people money to send their kids to school and then they get to decide <gasps> roxy's up from her nap roxy you want to say hi to the podcast do you want to say hi ask roxy what school she wants to go to hey roxy what school do you want to go to she doesn't know i i could have swear i heard her say the school of hard knocks <laughs> no definitely don't go there that's the worst school <laughs> she's the rock and roll baby though that's true but what genre of rock and roll oh okay what's the one that you don't have to go to the school of hard knocks to be in easy listening all right fair yeah get some kenny g yeah right or like uh you know weird 60s stuff or like new wave they definitely yeah. didn't go to the hard knocks yeah good call anyways uh yeah all right Next story. <laughs> in case, so in case you didn't know, there is a UN Women's Rights Commission um, that, until recently, had the Islamic Republic of Iran as a member. It has it. It has had Iran in it for, I believe, since it started. And uh, because it, when I think, who do I want to ask about women's rights? I think Iran. Specifically the Islamic Republic of Republic of Iran. Uh, but for the first time, a country has been kicked out of the UN Women's Rights Commission uh, last week, by maybe two weeks ago, by a vote of 29 to 8 with 16 abstentions. I guess some people really didn't want to piss off the Islamic Republic of Iran. Uh, they are no longer in that. Uh, all it took was them, you know, murdering a woman for not wearing a hijab correctly and then murdering a whole bunch of protesters that got upset about it to finally get kicked out of the Women's Rights Commission. Hey, if only every country did that, right? what get i'm sorry if only every country did what get kicked out of the un commission on women's rights well you know murdered a bunch of women to show how uh how how pro women inappropriate it is to have them Uh, on yes that thing right that would be good question called accelerationism kids (laughs) uh okay here's who voted against it it's bolivia china Kazakhstan, Nicaragua, Nigeria, Oman, the Russian Federation, and Zimbabwe. Is the Russian Federation just Russia? What is yes. that? I yeah, think that's, that's Russia. Russia. Is that like their official name, the Russian Federation? Yep. No. Oh. Man, country names are dumb. Yeah. Uh, interesting that China's on there. Yeah. Are they just like, do they just want to be the bad guys? I guess China and Russia both. They're like, oh, we're just bad guys now. Hey, uh, you want to know who's uh, number one on the alphabetical list for the 2023 session? Oh, no. Afghanistan. Oh. Uh, UN commissions are a joke. Oh, man, they really are. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm sure this. Uh, oh, Pakistan's this... on there, too. 
Well, I'm sure this um, Women's Rights Commission is going to do some great work hmm. in the future without Iran, but with Afghanistan and Pakistan, who are just A-plus on women's rights. Yep. Sorry. Oh, all right. Speaking of China being villains, uh, what's this about China and COVID? They have uh, greatly, I'm not sure fully reversed, but uh, greatly rolled back their COVID policy. Um, they're opening up their borders to other people, and they, in the most shocking change, uh, in the Chinese metropolitan metropolis of Chongqing, I don't know if I pronounced that right, uh, public Ching. sector employees. Okay. Uh, Q's are CH. Ah, okay. What are uh, CH's? Uh, also CHs. So they're, it's Chong, they're a slightly Chongqing? different Yeah. They're okay. a slightly different CH, but I don't know what the subtle difference is. Uh, anyway, what happened in Chongqing? Uh public sector employees testing positive for COVID nineteen can go to work as long as they don't have bad symptoms. Hey. And this is like this is what we said last episode, right? We're uh, like they're just gonna reverse it and then pretend that was the policy all along, right? Yeah. I mean I haven't heard anything about them pretending that was the policy all along. I, I think they just aren't saying anything about it. Mm, well, um, maybe in two weeks, try to Google what their policy was oh, earlier yeah. this year we'll see in that. China, and we'll see what comes up. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, ultimately, good news, because their their COVID policy was absolutely insane. Yeah, it was very bad. As we covered last episode. Yes. So, uh, good good call, China. Uh, probably makes you look bad, but that is fine. It is interesting that the Chinese government is responsive to mass protests like that. I don't know if even our government would have been. I'm skeptical that it's the protests. It might no. just be their economy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think like, they like, can't just be locked down forever. I think yeah. they probably used the protests as an excuse to uh, save face to do what was obviously the right thing to do anyway. Didn't I hear that something like 1% of China's GDP was went to COVID testing last last year? Something like that, yeah. That That's a lot. That's yep. a fuck ton. Well, hopefully this is a actual, will we'll herald a more sane policy in the future? Sure, yeah. I'm going to go with the ho- with hope and optimism. All right. Well, speaking of hope and optimism, it's time for happy news. Good news, Yay! everyone. Uh, the last two, arguably happy news. We kept them out because, you know, we have high standards for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to start with this uh, net gain in fusion power breakthrough. Um, don't get too excited about it. It's not We're not actually creating more power than we're putting in. Uh, but we are at, like, the final step, which is a big breakthrough. I've been trying to do that forever. I don't think I would call this the final step, but it is it is one step further along. Well, no, no. I mean, it's the the last step um, of the process to create the energy is is outputting more energy than than we're inputting. Okay, it's just to get to that step takes a lot more energy than we're outputting. Well, the the actual last step, which is going to be the real killer, is getting regulatory approval. All right, all right, all right David. <laughs> let's just let's just talk about the thing. Okay, <laughs> was this? I thought originally this was not in Happy News. It was not. I moved it to Happy News because I'm happy about it. Oh, okay. I see. I was so skeptical about this leading to actual stuff happening that I, I didn't put it in. But yeah, maybe maybe it should be in here. Uh, I, I mean, I, it's it's good news. Okay, I see yes. Roxy has decided to join us. <laughs> she doesn't think it's good news, but <laughs> she's three. And she doesn't know anything about fusion power. Yeah. The short uh, version... You need to uh, take her to visit South Carolina sometime so you can uh, give her a nuke pill at the uh, Duke Power 
visit our center. It's very good. I do have like some kind of like atomic chemistry for babies book. Nice. That I should be reading her. Yes, you should. Um, but yeah, they apparently focused 2.05 megajoules of laser light into a capsule of a fusion cell and created an explosion that produced 3.15 megajoules of energy. Yes. Which they've never been able to do before. And apparently one megajoule is roughly uh, one stick of dynamite worth of energy. It's interesting. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, so for the first time, uh, net net gain in energy, uh, f- um, powering up those two megajoules of laser light took, I think, 20 megajoules of energy or something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so still not actually getting power out of it. And also the, the fusion pellets... They don't say how much energy it takes to create a fusion pellets, but these are some insanely symmetrical tiny gold pellets with stuff inside them, which sounds like it's a, or sorry, not gold, diamond, uh, tiny, insanely symmetrical diamond pellets, uh, which they're, they're going to have to do 10 of these per second to get a decent uh, rate of power going, and I'm not sure how much, how easy it is to make these pellets. Uh, th- these I don't know. All these things are reasons why I'm a little skeptical of it. And also because we already have cheap, easy, reliable fission power that we can use, but we don't. So I, I, I've, I've been completely David-pilled on fission power. <laughs> and, and if we can't use fission power, I don't see how fusion power is going to get past the uh, anti-humanists. Well, it's a different thing, so we can be less scared of it. You know, right? That's how things work. People aren't scared of things that are new, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yup. All right. Next story. It says, edit T-cell gnomes for great cancer-busting justice. What does that mean? Anyone? Anyone want to tell me what that means? (laughs) I... I'm did somebody? Did somebody? Did some here. fourth party put this on the? <laughs> no, I, I put this article in here. I don't remember saying gnomes though. I think well, that should. My be outline genomes. says gnomes on it. I think it's supposed to be genomes, and my phone autocorrected it to gnomes. <laughs> this is what happens when you what? try to. So the story's on... not about G cell gnomes. <laughs> no. Oh, it sucks, man. This is what happens when you try to add articles while you are uh, in a foreign state on your phone. Um, Man, all right, well, T-cell genomes then. What's going on with those? Yeah, we actually talked about a similar technology last week in the Happy News with uh, editing the T-cells to attack uh, things that you don't want in your body that is your own body stuff. This, this is the same kind of thing. This is to attack uh, leukemia cells. Um, the, these T-cells were attacking Alyssa's uh, body. Alyssa, sorry, is the subject in this particular story that had her genome altered. Uh, it... Uh, disabled them so that they would not assault her body anymore and then put in donor T-cells, which would help her live (laughs) because those are vital, and uh, then made a third edit that would prevent those cells from being killed by the chemotherapy drug uh, that was being used. So through a combination of several gene edits, uh, they have basically cured leukemia in this girl. Cool. Is this CRISPR again? This is, again, CRISPR. Yeah, that's how basically all genome uh, changes are made. I'm so impressed with CRISPR Mm -hmm. because I remember, like, five years ago when they came up with it, they were like, this is going to change everything. And I was like, yeah, right. They always say that. Mm -hmm. And here it is. It's changing stuff. Yeah. It's actually being used. Yeah. This is awesome. 
early stages, Alyssa is the first of 10 people to be to be in this clinical trial, so probably won't hit the mass market soon. But, you know, they're in human stages, uh, st- human trials now, so that's that's pretty fucking awesome. We, yeah, we are getting cool. places. Nice. All right, next story. Organ on chips allow yes. for direct drug testing on human tissue. No gnomes involved. <laughs> uh, well, I, these, this how when you think of an organ on a chip, you think this must be surely some kind of crazy gnomish technology, right? There's no way humans would put organs on chips. I mean, like it sounds chips. It sounds to me like a uh, like a snack. Yeah, right. Organs uh, on chips. Uh, okay. Like like a, a tourist friendly version of haggis, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Organs and chips. Uh, it this does sound like a, a UK thing. I did not know this is a thing that exists so i learned about this while reading about this new uh, organ on chip thing apparently there have been organs on chips since 2005 when the first lung on a chip was made uh what this is is a special this is definitely sounding like haggis <laughs> it is not haggis uh it is a biofluid that has um cells of a organ put on it and grown in I mean, it's it's not really a computer chip. It, it doesn't have, like, circuits on it. But if you look at the little photo, it's like a little cl- clear plastic crystal-looking thingy that has uh, the organs grown in little straight lines and little holes drilled in it where you can put drugs into or um, or other contaminants to see what they'll do. But apparently they do a pretty darn good job of mimicking the environment of uh, what these organ cells are going to be dealing with within the body. So you can test out new drugs on these things. It's really neat. That is neat. Yeah, yeah, cool. This is done by the WIS Institute originally. Uh, there's other places that do it now as, as well. Uh, they've generated 15 microphysiological models of living human organs on these cells. Uh, this is a big deal because the FDA approves less than 4% of cancer drugs, meaning 96% of them spend more than a decade being tested in petri dish, mice, and a small set of patients before scientists find out that they aren't suitable for human use and they get rejected. And, you know, that really adds a lot to the cost of bringing new drugs to the market when 96% of your drugs get tested for decades and then end up being fizzles. And this will let people find the drugs that fizzle on human cells much sooner by testing them directly on these human chips. So, huge step up. All right, cool. All right, that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know... Politics is the mind killer, and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And as always, we're starting with David. Yeah, so I talked in a previous episode about how I was having some trouble with uh, finding an apartment. Uh, Those issues, I'm happy to say, are now resolved. But I very much do not need to talk about how I was having trouble finding a place to stay while those issues were ongoing. That's because my friends and relatives were extremely generous in giving me temporary accommodations while I was trying to figure everything out. So first, for this troop deployment, I would like to sincerely thank everyone who gave me a place to hang up my boots over the past month. You are all awesome. Second, I would like to propose a return with a V to the law of sacred hospitality. Going back at least as far as the ancient Greeks, there was a strong social norm that travelers would be hosted by anyone who could give them a place to stay in return for an expectation that they would be good guests while they did so. 
As someone who was recently a beneficiary of a latter-day version of this hospitality, I have to say I entirely understand why this norm was a thing, and am in favor of its return. Therefore, I recommend that you try to arrange a guest room or even just a comfortable couch should a friend, relative, or friend of friends ever need a place to stay and you find yourself in a position to provide it. Likewise, I remember that I recommend that if you ever need a place to stay, you check with your friends and family before you check Airbnb and be as good a guest as you can if you do find somewhere who, someone who can put you up. Norms that tie communities together are good, and this is an important and still relevant one. Uh, Well, David, I regret to inform you that I'm a Third Amendment absolutist. (laughs) So, uh, no, that's good. I think the rationalist community is particularly good about that, too. Yes, I agree. Uh, Speaking of things that the rationalist community is good about, Eniash, what do you have for us? Well, I just returned from California, where I attended my very first rationalist solstice. Uh, I had put off going for a long time because I kind of felt allergic to religious ritual things, but I have become less allergic to those recently. And when I went, I was a little surprised by how it wasn't it wasn't too ritually, actually. Uh, <clears throat> it was just really nice for the most part. And I got some some nice feels out of it. And importantly for anyone who, like me, is currently going through a feeling of dread and AI doom, this solstice made me feel better and like it didn't introduce any new information it hasn't changed my estimates of what's going to happen or when it's going to happen but it helped me think of it helped recontextualize things and think of ways that one can live even when one fears possible imminent doom that one cannot predict or forestall and you know helped to remind me that we are by far not nearly the first generation that's gone through this heck as as recently as the 80s, our parents were worried they were all going to die in a nuclear holocaust. And honestly, the Watchmen comic feels much more pertinent now, which was not in the solstice at all. I just bring it up because it's one of my favorite things. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is, you know, maybe try out going to a rationalist solstice next year that's near you if you get the chance. It's actually a really neat experience, and I think a lot of people will like it. And if you also would like to feel a little bit better in... in because you've been feeling doom things lately, check out the um, recording of the stream of the Bay Area Rational Solstice. It was hosted by Scott Alexander of um, Slacer Codex slash Astral Codex 10 fame. He is extremely good at emceeing. It has, it, it, it's exactly what you would expect if you heard that there was an event hosted by Scott Alexander. It has his wit, it has his humor, uh, it makes you feel things, and you still laugh and enjoy it. It was great. Uh, check it out. I'm planning on posting uh, about it soon which will have just like a couple highlights if you only want to see the one or two things that i thought were the best out of the hour hour and a half presentation but really the whole thing was great all right thank you eniash uh i will add i went to the new york solstice um it was probably not i wouldn't be quite as effusive about it as that but it was still quite good so if you're on the east coast maybe check that one out if you don't want to buy plane tickets uh my troop deployment for this episode is very short uh, this is our last episode before Christmas and New Year's, so I just want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all our listeners. Um, if you don't celebrate Christmas, guess what? I still want you to have a Merry Christmas, because I love you just as much as everyone who does celebrate Christmas. Aww. Um, so, do that. 
have a good time. Enjoy um, time off you get from work and school and other responsibilities. Have fun. Be with your families if you like your families. Avoid your families if you hate them. <laughs> um, and spend time with your friends instead. But, you know, be around people that you love because it's great to do that. And it's uh, probably the number one thing that uh, improves our mental health. Uh, so Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, and we will see everybody next year. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, please leave us reviews wherever you leave reviews. Um, please subscribe on Substack. Um, it'll be a great Christmas gift for us. If you become a subscriber, you'll get our episodes early. You'll get bonus episodes and you'll get access to our subscriber only discord channel. And we'll be back in 2023. See you then. Bye. Bye again. I jumped the gun on that earlier by what I meant to say was happy new year.